Hi, everyone. It's Karen Chong, and I'm here with my co-host, Dennis Kelly. Welcome to another episode of Mastering Your World Through Frequencies, where every week we explore how frequencies shape our world and begin to release the patterns that keep us stuck so we can realize our greatest potential. The fear of loss is a fundamental human experience. There are so many forms of loss and will often go to great lengths to avoid experiencing it. How much would our experience change if we didn't fear loss? Today, we're going to discuss how to shift our perspective so we're not so afraid of loss, how that shift can impact the choices we make and the opportunities we have. After the discussion, we're going to wrap it up with a group frequency calibration to help to begin to remove the distortion patterns around this topic. So let's jump right in. Dennis? You know, Karen, I'm curious what your take on this would be. Uh, in, in doing this work, uh, what I've noticed is, as I kind of look back, is that a lot of my life was directed by fear. And as I look at it, I, I came to the realization that a lot of that fear was that the possibility that if I did something wrong, I'm going to lose something. And uh, what what is your take on that? Yeah, so... Um, fear, you're not alone. Uh, fear of loss is a huge uh, driver in human behavior. It's really fundamental uh, in terms of it as a distortion pattern that runs through humans. And the reason um, a lot of us behave the way we do towards others or towards ourselves is because we're afraid of losing something. So I'm just going to broaden what I mean by loss. So loss can be anything, really. It can be the fear of losing um, a person. That's why a lot of us will stay in relationship for longer than uh, we want to, because we're afraid of losing the security of having relationship, of having that person in our lives or whatever it is. We are f we're afraid of that. It could be fear of loss of that person from death or sickness or whatever. So we're afraid of, of, of death, that kind of loss uh, for the people we care about the most in ourselves as well, that fear of death, because it's a loss of, of life and what we think, um, you know, we're very afraid of that, obviously. It's like the, one of the biggest losses. Then there's the fear of loss of uh, resources, of time. So all of these things uh, very much influence how it is that we perceive the world and experience the world and from that, how we behave. And it is surprising how much we do not want to experience fear of loss. We're very, very, very averse to it. We don't, we do, we will do a lot to avoid it. So um, I would say that that is a huge driver for a lot of people. And when we're acting from that standpoint, we're really associating from the little S self that we've talked about many times in past videos, um, past episodes, where we're seeing things from the ego mind. Because from that perspective, there's an inherent or implicit separation from the divine. Okay, there's scarcity. There's not enough. So as a result, there is something to lose. And if we lose, then it's going to be a bad thing. Okay, we don't even sometimes even know what we're afraid of. It's just like we're afraid of losing, even if we're not even sure exactly what that means. So with this running, we reinforce to ourselves that there is scarcity in our reality. Um, and that we're inherently separate from 
the all that is. You know, and I, as I, as I looked at that myself from a personal standpoint, I, I could see that lineage also had quite a, yeah. quite a, quite a bit of impact on this. And I, I can see, you know, where it came from, parents, grandparents, and the situations they went through as yep. far as, you know, loss of jobs or loss of income or loss of a home or loss of a child or so I, I can see where this is all very natural as yep. far as how it's kind of reflected in my personal life. Yeah, totally. And it's okay. So I'm going to back up a little bit. So um, we've, we have talked about this in past episodes, but in case people are new and they don't really understand this, I'm just going to talk about settings. Okay. So whether you're aware of it or not, you are kind of like a program running. Okay. You're like a, you're, you're, you're a hologram. So if you, I'm just going to go a little bit out here in left field. So maybe go with me a little bit. So around you, if you've listened to any of my GFCs or group frequency calibrations, you'll recognize that I always say, uh, be aware of the sphere around you. Okay. Which is at arm's length. That's your spirit body. So that sphere, which is all around you. Okay. Uh, projects inwards into the center of it the rendering that is you, your physical body, and then from there, your physical reality. So your brain is the mechanism with which you rend like you take that spirit projection from spirit body, right? Just coming in spherically and renders your physical reality, okay? So we also, because we're a rendering, um, we have certain certain settings, right? Just like a computer program, right? Just like to render any kind of image or file or whatever it is. There's certain settings, right? Certain basic uh, logic or rule sets that are, things are based on in order to bring them into form. It's the same thing. Um, it's similar anyway in terms of the physical uh, embodiment of the rendering from spirit level. So we have these things that I call global settings, okay, which are fundamental to how we as humans render or what our experience is. So when I talk about global settings from spirit level, one of the base global settings, the first one that's set is that of human. Now I know that realize, I realize that sounds kind of funny to some people. It's like, of course we're human. Um, not all of us, it sounds funny, but you have to like distinguish yourself. That setting distinguishes you as having a certain consciousness, a certain um, set of rules. Okay. That's not the, all that is, right? That's the first setting is human. From there, you have the global settings of male, female, and then there are a whole bunch of them that fall under that. But those are the two main ones. And the first ones that are set, meaning they're the most base foundational settings upon which other settings are put on top of, if that makes sense, or derive, let's just say, that's a better way of saying it. So anyway, at the very global setting of human, and this can also be reflected deep in the DNA. So meaning that global setting, human, any, any distortion pattern at this global setting will often start to create distortion at the DNA level. Okay. So what I mean by this is that deep things like spiritual debt, which is something we talked about in a different episode. So if you don't know what I'm talking about, please go back and watch uh, finally free, releasing the stranglehold of spiritual debt. And we'll talk all about that. That is something that is a distortion pattern set at the global setting. Fear of loss 
is another distortion pattern set at the global setting of human. It's a, it's like when you come in as a human, that's kind of like running in the field. You're going to almost have that in you, whether whatever culture you're from, whatever class you're in, whatever it is. If you're human, you're going to have this distortion pattern. doesn't matter where you're born on the earth, you're going to have it. So our lineages, because we have these distortion pattern runnings and it's at the global setting of human, right, the foundational setting, it then distorts further, right? As the lineage uh, has this experience, it distorts around it. We have things like culture and religion, which further distort this pattern, right? Like you don't, um, so a lot of uh, religious patterns are you don't want to lose out on your connection to the divine. And we're the intermediaries for that. That's very like running through a lot of religions, right? So the fear of loss is something that's really fundamental and foundational. That is why we're talking about it right now. As we move into this newer consciousness that you and I have been talking about, we start to move from identification of the little s self, which has this distortion pattern of fear of loss, very prevalent running through us to big s self, okay, which is from um, identifying from spirit. So again, little s self identification from the ego mind, big s self from identification more with spirit. When you have more of an identification of spirit, your how you perceive scarcity changes. Really, truly, because imagine if you're aware as big S self of yourself from spirit level, you have an awareness of yourself as infinite, indestructible consciousness. Therefore, you are aware that you're implicit, integral, intrinsic to the all that is. There is no scarcity. It doesn't exist. It's infinite. It's infinite. So there can be no loss. There can only be a change of form. Okay. So I realize this might be a bit of a stretch for you because you're like, well, then Karen, then what happens when I'm losing somebody I love who dies? So I realize they may fly, this may be fly in the face of people who have certain um, things that they grew up with. However, I know that that from a human standpoint, the little S self, it's actually very sad. Okay. There's a lot of loss. There's grief. But from the big S self, you realize that person has just changed form. They've let go of a physical embodiment and they now exist in a disembodied state. If they died awake, they are from a much higher, more empowered state. So I'll just bring that back to like my dad. So when he passed away, you know, my father and I were very close. And if you want to learn more about um, how he took me through the death process and sort of my version of a near-death experience, please watch the episode entitled, uh, Are You Afraid of Death? That's extremely helpful. Um, although that was a very intense um, moment in my life because somebody that I was very close to is my father, right? That I, I loved very much, um, died. I also, so from a human perspective, I was experiencing that loss, that grief. I also was experiencing it from the big S self where he was able to take me through the death process, show me what death, the death process looked like so that I wouldn't be afraid of it. And that I would be able to die awake myself, right? Like he's showing me like, this is what it looks like. Don't be afraid. Okay. So he just changed form. Now, it's very sad from a human perspective because of course I love my father and that physical embodiment, that humanness of him will not reappear again. However, I also, because I have identification with the big S self, I'm very aware of my connection to him as a being that is not my physical father, right? Do I miss my physical father? Absolutely. Of course, a lot. And I also, not all the time, occasionally I'm very aware of him being around me right? He's uh, from a different, like he's not his human self. 
He's a different form. But do you see what I'm saying? There's no loss. He just changed form. So when you are uh, connected to the infiniteness of the large S self, you recognize that. And although you might have a human experience of that, the fear of loss really shifts because you have a greater perspective. You know, I think um, one of the things that I noticed um, when I kind of examined that fear of loss is that there seemed to be a real direct relationship to attachment. So yeah. the greater the fear of losing something, the stronger yes. the attachment. And so it's almost like those two work together. Yeah. 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 Thank you for saying that. That's brilliant. Yeah. Because it's true, right? The more you're attached to something, the less surrendered you are, the m less neutral you are, the more attached you are to the outcome. You, 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 yeah, it's really difficult to um, the more fear of loss you have, for sure. So it's, uh, you're right, those two things are very, very uh, intertwined. It's a really good indicator. So where you have fear of loss is likely where you have attachment. So fear of loss can be really beneficial in terms of looking at, wait a minute, where, what am I really, uh, what do I feel like I can't do without? Like if I lose this, like I'm gonna be in jeopardy, I'm gonna feel bad, I'm gonna n not be able to recover, I'm gonna be overwhelmed by grief, whatever it is. Um, that is a good indication of where you're attached and where more work needs to be done to look at the underlying patterns that are causing that attachment so you can release them and enter more of a state of neutrality around that. Um, and I think also uh, this is really key, not, not only, I mean, it's key in every part of our lives, but especially in intimate relationships, right? We're so afraid of losing the partner, the one that we are intimate with, that will put up, a lot of people will put up with a lot of abuse or control or uh, whatever it is, right? Because they don't want to, they're afraid of the loss of that relationship. But as you start to, because we're so attached to having that partner for whatever reason, there may be a lot of cultural or religious things which say like you failed if you aren't in partnership. You may feel like, you know what I mean? Like all these different types of things that underpin that fear of loss. So when you start to release those things, those distortion patterns, then you can become free and then start to assess with more clarity, okay, what's happening in this intimate partnership? Is it really serving the greatest and highest good for us both to be in it? Yeah. So, yeah, you can see it rife in everything. And I, I think, you know, there's a simple little exercise that we can do to kind of just check ourselves as far as that fear of loss and that relationship to attachment is, you know, if you just take a piece of paper and just kind of list 20 very prominent things in your life yeah. and then just slowly just kind of walk down that list and just just watch and listen and you know be aware of your body as you think what what if I lost this house you know kind of what what kind of impact what what if I lost this relationship what if I lost this car what if I lost this cat or this dog and it and it's surprising because you know at face value you'd say well you know I'm, I'm good you know I'm pretty good I you know but when you actually start to kind of walk through your life profile you know you can see well maybe I've got a little work to do you know right 
Yeah. And I think for some people, um, it's going to be even hard for them to write all those things on that list because there's so much fear of losing on that list. They can't even write all that stuff down. So that would be a good tell for you, an indicator that there is, a, there is distortion pattern to release. And again, this is not about like, um, uh, um, having like a false sense of like, I'm all good with everything. It's really about gauging, as you say, your bodily response. Your body is interesting. It will, um, like when you have a tightening, for example, in your body, it's very clear. Like your, your mind can like um, tell yourself different stories about different things or excuse things or, you know what I mean? It's kind of slippery, but your body's response is like um, a very clear, often indicator of of what really is happening. So if you feel tightening or like, um, like sweating or like, um, you know what I mean? Like a, like a holding of the breath. You'll notice that your body doesn't like um, when you go down that list, for example. So it's, all, it's easy um, or and it really not easy. It's a helpful tool to use that as a response, like to gauge response to fear of loss and attachment and that type of thing. So I think it's a great exercise. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, you bet. Is there, is there anything else before we wrap up, Karen, as far as the fear of loss and from yeah. your perspective? Yeah. So what I would say is it's very easy to talk about this and it's not easy to overcome with your mind. Okay. It's like, I decide that I don't want to feel fear of loss. It's, it's not that easy. It's not about mindset. It's not about forcing from an emotional standpoint, like pushing away what it is that you feel lost from, you know, like suppressing it. That doesn't really work either because suppressing, uh, our emotion doesn't help us. It just creates more distortion. So, um, although this is a short talking segment, the bigger work is going to be done in um, the GFC. We'll probably do um, a more extensive series on this, uh, possibly as a deep dive or a GFC later. Uh, we did cover it in Coherence Mastery, uh, the series. It was an entire class on this. But um, likely there will be something else given as more support for this. But the GFC at the end is where the real, real work begins. So you can start to release this because you'll notice that when you start to release fear of loss, your choices or what you perceive to be your opportunities or possibilities will shift because if you're not afraid of losing something, what you believe to be possible for you or the possibilities even open to you and the opportunities are very different than when you're afraid of losing something. So you'll notice that things that you hadn't noticed before or that you negated or that you naysayed on will somehow all of a sudden seem more possible to you because you've released this foundational distortion pattern, which then allows you to live a much fuller, more, um, uh, more uh, highly expressed or authentic to your true nature experience of life, which is really amazing because we're starting to live more fully into our human potential, which is really awesome. And the key, uh, one of the key things is to remove this foundational distortion pattern, which we can do in the GFC. You know, and what I thought about is when you said that and, and kind of taking a look at where we're at is that, you know, we talked about that attachment and, you know, so I've got the fear of loss and so I've really attached. Well, when we're operating, you know, in a mode where we're kind of paralyzed with this, this fear, there's really not much room for anything to come in. Yes. And so that's, yes. I think what you're saying is, you know, we open and we over, you know, we start to overcome that fear of loss, then all of a sudden, you know, these miracles and this magic begins to happen. 
Yeah. And a lot more awareness, too. So a lot of more awareness of like, oh, I put up with this kind of controlling kind of crappy behavior because I'm afraid of losing this person. Or wait, I'm actually kind of controlling of these people because or this situation or this work or this whatever, because I'm afraid of losing something. Huh? That's weird. Why do I care so much about that? You see, and then as you start to do more and more of the release on the fear of loss, that starts to shift because you realize, well, geez, am I, do I, I need those things? And that's when the empowerment comes in, right? Because you're like, well, maybe I don't. So see this, all this, it seems like a small thing to listen to these GFCs and do the work, but when they're foundational distortion patterns, I mean, not just when they're that, any distortion pattern, when we start to remove them, awareness shifts what we think shifts, our perceptions shift, opportunities open up. And that's when you start to say, as you do more and more of it, that's when the magic, the synchronicities, all that stuff starts to happen in this really amazing way. So yeah, I agree. <laughs> well, well, like you mentioned earlier, this is certainly a very human, you know, part of who we are and what we are. So thank, thank you very much for helping us with this, Karen. Thank you. Karen, could you help me? I hear so often when I look at uh, your video or your website, GFC. Exactly what is that? A GFC is a group frequency calibration, which looks a lot like a guided meditation on a particular topic. And what I'm doing is I'm helping you to remove the distortion patterns of that particular topic. And because you're coming together as a mastermind in a group to connect to pure source even more and to clear the distortion patterns of this particular topic, what happens is a tremendous amount of momentum starts to happen because of the energetic of the entire group. And each individual is able to move faster and ascend higher than they could have on their own. Because I'm working on the frequency level, these GFCs are not like regular meditations, and many people find they go into varying degrees of altered state. So please do not drive while listening to this GFC. Welcome everyone to the group frequency calibration for losing the fear of loss. So taking a deep breath and noticing your body. And as you notice your body, please become aware of your the pads of your toes. Mhm. Mm noticing what they're touching, if they're cool or warm. Good. Yes. And now please notice the palms of your hands. Good. And now becoming aware of your breath without changing it at first, just noticing your breath. 
And after you've taken a couple of breaths, just noticing it without changing it, allowing yourself to now lengthen your breath. Allowing it to become much more full. Filling not only your front body, like your chest, but also your back body. And notice if you can allow the breath to drop deep into your belly. Good. And now please become aware of your surroundings. At first noticing the sound, both on your end and on my end, other than the sound of my voice, the birds in the background, traffic in the distance. Perhaps the sound of voices or music far away. You're noticing the soundscape. And if you can, notice which direction the sound is coming from. Mm-hmm. And when you're ready, noticing the quality of the air. So feeling its movement, noticing its temperature, whether it is humid or dry. Good. And now please triangulate. For those of you who are new, triangulating simply means becoming aware of three inanimate objects in the space around you. What those objects are is not important. You're going to notice object A. Let's imagine that that is the coffee table. And you're going to notice the distance between the coffee table and you. And then you're going to feel the distance between the coffee table and you. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to do the same thing with objects B and then object C. And you'll notice that as you do this, your sense of where you are in space becomes more clear or somehow more present for you.
Good. And now please become aware of your xiphoid process, which is right at the base of your sternum. Your sternum is that big, thick bone in the center of your chest where your ribs meet in front of your body. Right at the base of your sternum is your xiphoid process. Becoming aware of your xiphoid process. It's a little bit tender when you press on it, so you'll know it's that. With your attention now on your xiphoid process, you're going to please take a nice deep breath in, holding your breath for a count of five. And whenever you're ready, releasing all the air out of your lungs and holding your breath out for a count of four. waiting for the mastermind to coalesce and to become coherent. And whilst we wait for that, I'm just going to mention for those of you who are new that I'm working on you at the group and the subgroup level. And that I'll often be working in silence. Because especially when I'm working at the very high frequency levels, it doesn't benefit you if I make physical noise, it just drops the resonance. And sometimes I will make physical noise. You'll hear me hum or exhale sharply or sometimes even yawn. And that's just how I remove some of the lower level, stickier, sometimes more dense frequencies. So just know that I might be making noise. If I say something that you really resonate with, it's likely yours. If I say something that you really resist, it's likely yours too. So I invite you to remain open and to examine further. Good. So now, the mastermind has coalesced. We're going to ask ourselves the following question. How can I become even more aware of my connection only to pure source. And that question again is, how can I become even more aware of my connection only to pure source? And as you ask yourself that question, please imagine, sense, feel, or become aware of the space at the very center of your body. And as you become aware of what is a surprisingly vast space, noticing a brilliance that you either see or feel at its very center. And as you keep your attention on this brilliance, it intensifies and starts to expand outwards through all of your cells. Out through your organs. Through your bones. 
radiating out through your muscles and your flesh and out through the pores of your skin into the space between your physical body and your spirit body, which is a sphere at arm's length all around you. Mm-hmm. Good. Please become aware of the brilliance within the sphere. Yes. And now please become aware of the infinite space all around the sphere. And as you become aware of this infinite space, I'm working on you at spirit level to increase your frequency resonance, irrespective of where it began. The higher your frequency resonance, the more beneficial the session, because it will be coming from the highest resonating order. Also will speed your integration. Good. Yes. Very nice. Bring your attention now, please, to your heart space in the center of your chest and your nipple line. The first distortion pattern that we're going to release is attachment to either people or what you think you have. Okay, the known. Mm-hmm. Good. 
Yeah. Continuing to keep your attention in your heart space, in addition to that xiphoid process at the base of the sternum. Keeping your attention on those two spots. Mm -hmm. So this is the resistance to letting go. Okay, even to things that you might not even want anymore. But this is a very strong resistance to letting go. So let's release this. Mm-hmm. Keeping your attention in that xiphoid process alone. Yeah, this is a control pattern. So you uh, think you want what you have, and you think you want what you want. And uh, so there's a lot of control being exercised to keep everything in those two ways, like fixed. So that is a control pattern. Um, either you do it to the people around you or you are uh, what other people try to control in an attempt to um, control what they have or what they want. So let's release this control pattern. It's pretty deep. Yeah. Bring your attention to your heart space. This is the fear of uh, judgment or punishment or something bad if you were to let go of something. So. And there's also like a scarcity um, frequency here that we're going to address. Like if you let something go and something else won't come in, that's the only thing you've got. 
Bring your attention to your xiphoid process, about three inches or seven centimeters directly beneath it towards your belly button. Clearing out and resetting your pain body because it has a memory. And if we don't take a couple of seconds to reset your pain body, then those memories make it harder to integrate the memory of you with all the distortion pattern. So once we clear this out, we can reset the cleared out plain body into the new version of yourself so you can integrate faster. There we go. Good. This brings us to the end of this session. I look forward to working with you on the next GFC. These GFCs help people release distortion patterns. It's my sincere hope that you benefit profoundly from this series, which is why I spend so much of my personal resources creating these as my gift to the world. If a GFC topic resonates with you, often more work that can be provided in this one GFC is needed to really clear or loosen deeply held distortion patterns in areas that are sticky. Because these patterns are like layers of an onion, usually there are multiple layers to individual topics. Depending on how much of a challenge this topic is for you, it may make sense for you to go deeper than what this session allows. If you feel this is the case for you, please visit sphericalluminosity.com for more targeted support.